Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Here we go. Come on, Bobby. back for another week all my friends are here i'm here you're here you're listening you can be anywhere in the whole world but you're here with us and we appreciate that morning studio morning Morning. let's go around the room all right it's monday so let's do this eddie i'm gonna come to you first eddie's our video producer dad of four everybody gets the same question it sucks if you have to go first without time to think that's all right i'm ready what is the most important decision that you've made in the last five years Ooh, ooh. I would say buying a house and selling a house. That was tough. Like what, when we were selling the house, it was like, what do we price it at? And how long are we going to have this on the market? Like we needed to sell, the way our situation was, we had to sell our house in less than a week. So I love that. And we're not going to be judgmental, but I heard, I could hear all of them go, you adopted kids and you didn't say that. That's in the five years. I mean, that's tough because I've, I, I guess like yeah, because we've I had mean, them around five years. But you had years. judgment. Then you get judgment from me. Well, I didn't think about them because we've had the them for five years. Yeah. And then once we started fostering them for two years, we adopted them, which I figured was just going to happen anyway. Yeah, judgers. Oh, man. I didn't. They both. They you know, bo- my noise was because I'm like, shoot, I had some very important decisions and I don't know that I can say them. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> I think. Hey, can I redo mine? <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Just in case the I mean, two little guys are listening. Eddie, the way you answer that is, I feel like they've been part of my family forever. And that is well, what, what he said. said. Okay. And I really meant that. Okay. Yes. Okay, good. I'm not judging you. I'm just saying. Hey, who gasped? Was it Lunchbox? Well, Lunchbox did an Amy did, but she changed her story. Because that is my yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. Okay, next up, Lunchbox. What's the most important decision you've made in the last five years? Oh, it's easy. Deciding to impregnate my wife. You say it in a weird way. That's so weird. That's the decision I had to make. It was like, all right, is it time? And I decided to do it, and I've done it three times since. Okay. Wow, man. So we've had three kids in the last five years, and so I would say that was my biggest decision. I mean, that or buying a storage locker with Bobby, I don't know. Going into business they with are, Bobby. They are close. That's one of my worst decisions in five years. <laughs> yeah. The headache so, that brought me. Uh, okay, got it. Amy, I mean, what do you have? Most important decision you made in the last five years? 
I, well, we adopted our kids five and a half years ago. So oh, just missed the cutoff. Wow. I wish I had that to lean on. Say it. You've had a lot. What? I have had a lot. I don't know what you want. It was a big decision. Um, Well, let's see what. I signed a new contract. Are you going to say it? 20. It says, it starts with decision. Take a word out of that letter hey, out of that word. No, that, Think of the ca- so there's, Cowboys. There's hard decisions. The there's Cowboys. the Dallas the Cowboys. Again? Oh, the big D don't mean Dallas. Yeah. Yeah. Read it What's again. What's the most important decision you made in the last five years? Important would be just pretty important. Choosing myself. You guys can't be judgmental to her answer. Well, what do you mean? That's what we were just talking about for you, Eddie. Right, 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 right. You're right. We're go not ahead. judging. Go ahead, Amy. Ma- um, I love the euphemism here. Okay, go ahead. Go this ahead. covers all of them. Do it. That I can't say. Do it. Or would prefer not to. I made the decision to do hard things. What, what in the... No, no, no. Ah, a, I like how you were out. going to choose, to choose yourself. <laughs> okay, there. Okay. Do, do it again. Do, do it that That one. is hard. Say it. Say it. To choose myself. It's like a choo-choo train. Oh, choo-choo. At times. Yes. Okay. That's fine. I don't... It feels weird to label that as... I mean, it was a, it's a life change. It's important. Okay. It didn't say good. Okay. It is... Um, you don't have to keep doing it either. Don't let these two guys... Okay. No, just just flip them the pinky bird because that's not the dirty bird. When I do this. Yeah, it's not. That's the pinky bird. Not as there, bad. There's still. one decision that, that I had to make yeah. that I thought was like, I, I don't know how we'll ever recover from this. And I remember when I was making it, Bobby said, no, 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 no. This is going to be, you're going to look back on this and be so glad you did it. And then I do that now. What is it? What is it? So, like hardest decision ever, but best thing that I ever did. So thank you for that encouragement. What, what? And, what and is it? everybody else in my life. What? I don't even know what you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, you're not saying? No. Oh. What in the world? Can you write it on a piece of paper? <laughs> like, but, what in the but world? But I'll never, I remember. Mike said, did she kill someone? <laughs> <laughs> I remember talking to you hey, in my driveway. It had to be done, Amy. You know yeah, what I'm I know exactly where yeah. it was. I do not know what it is, but uh, thank you for Ooh, that. Maybe, nice, Bones. I like that. Tell, I don't know. Hey, we don't know what it is either. Yeah. All right. The most important decision I've made in the past five years is getting married yeah. for sure. Oh, thank goodness. Getting engaged was probably the big. That's the biggest one because that's it. Once you're engaged, that's the top of the mountain. And then you then you just go down the other side, right, to a whole new land. Mm-hmm. But getting engaged was the biggest decision that I've made. And I don't, and I was a little bit nervous to propose. And I'm not really nervous for anything except proposing and hitting golf balls in front of people watching. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. So I'm going to go with that one. It's a good one. Will you text me what I said to you? Yeah, text, put me on that too. Yeah, yeah there's no, group text. No, well, but, they're, but what they're going to do is they're going to hear you say it. And at some point in another bit, they're going to bring there's it up. There's no way they would ever say this. Oh, ever. You did kill someone. If, he, if they did, why oh, would crap. what did you why steal? would make Ray hit the drop button? Mm-hmm. Oh, man. All right. Well, statute of limitations is maybe up. Did you text me? I haven't I got it right yet. Now. I just want to see what it is and react to it on the air. You, you're going to be like, oh, yeah, duh. Okay, so that's that segment. That's that's prompt Monday. Man. We have terrible names. I think this is the hardest thing right, I've ever done. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Who was it? And that was really hard. That was really brave of you, and it was an absolute right decision. And yeah, good for you. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I got it. Okay, no, you don't. Yeah, I see it. You don't. Yeah, and you know what? You, <laughs> I admire you for doing it too. I didn't do anything except just give you advice. Anyway, moving on. You guys don't even know how strong Amy is. That you is. You give her crap. You have no idea how strong Amy is. Does that mean you're associated with it? 
Well, Whatever I hit the body. She did? I hit the body. <laughs> oh, man. I'm in. Yeah. It's time to open up the mailbag. You send an email and we read it on the air. It's something we call Bobby's Mailbag. Yeah. Hello. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Bobby Bones. For two years, I begged my boyfriend to get a cat with me. We moved into a new house. The house finally allowed pets. He caved. We adopted an adorable kitten from the shelter. Man, it was great. But now that cute little kitten is turning out to be a real jerk. He constantly destroys our furniture and clothes. And if there's something gross that can be gotten into, he's guaranteed to jump in there and spread it around. I've had a lot of cats. This one's the worst. If I have to give the cat up, I'll never hear the end of it from my boyfriend. What should I do? Sign Katie the cat person. This happened similarly with someone here on the show. It was an impulse decision. <laughs> oh. I don't know who. I'm not really going to say oh. who it was. Yeah, yeah, don't. <laughs> this this person went and got a cat, right? Rescued. Yeah, rescued. Yeah. Oh, you can just, why don't you take the story? You seem to know a lot about it. So I was mentoring a kid in like the sixth grade at the time, and we went to visit the... Sh- oh, it was you? Yes. Oh, got it, got yeah. it. Yeah. His name was Trevion. And he thought the cat was so cute. So cute. So did I. And so I thought, well, let's go ahead. Let's, let's get the cat. Uh, I did not take into consideration how my Rottweiler, Josie at the time, would feel about the cat. So, But I got the cat. We got all the toys and the food. And I went home and spent several days there. And it was an absolute nightmare. It was horrible. I mean, I, I, I could no longer take it. And so I knew for the safety of the cat... I needed to return her. So what I did, though, is I went back and I said, I know I just rescued this cat, but I bought all this stuff and I'm willing to give it with the cat. Oh. It comes with it. The next family that rescues this cat gets all this stuff. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And so it, and then, yes, I didn't hear the end of it from people. And it's fine. Yeah, who knows? Who knows who that was? I don't know. You guys. Here's what I'm going to say, Katie. Uh, you got an animal. You got to have patience with the animal. You have to... But sometimes it's not a good fit. There's no other dog sometimes here. It's the, the fit is stressful. they adopted a cat that comes from a shelter that probably didn't have the greatest life and is probably acting like that because it was never given any sort of discipline at all. Dang. And so that's what you got to do. Yeah. I mean, Eller, our dog that we adopted, was really difficult and aggressive. And they told us she would never be able to live in the same house with a dog. But we had to really focus, keep disciplined, mm. be consistent. And before she's awesome now. She's the she's way more loving than Stanley is. It's the hard stage right now. Puppies are hard, and when you adopt an animal, it's hard because you have to adopt them for a reason. They didn't have a great life before. So what you should do, Katie the cat person, is give it six months and then check back. Yeah. But you signed up for this. You wanted the cat. Not even to mention your boyfriend will give you crap and you'll never get a cat again. But that's secondary. This is your cat. Give the cat a good life. Don't ship it out again. In six months, if the cat's, you know, he's killed your boyfriend or husband. Oh. And then you talk. one of them? Yeah, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. You guys, you guys stay with it. Stay the course, cat. Katie, the cat person. Yeah, All stay right. the course. What? Stay, stay the course. Mm-hmm. I would encourage her to do the same. Absolutely. I made an impulse decision based on a kid that really wanted it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then my, I had a Rottweiler. She doesn't. Good point. Stay the course, Katie. All right, that's the mailbag. Close it up. We got your email and we read it on the air. Now it's time to close Bobby's mailbag. Yeah. It's time for the good news. With Amy. Tell me something good. There's a group in Tampa called My Fairy Godfathers, and they found out that this high school student, Miriam, wasn't going to be able to attend prom because she couldn't afford it. 
So they selected her for a full-blown makeover. She got a new outfit, accessories, dinner, a limo for the night. And they picked her all because of her academic excellence as well. Like, she excels. Just no way she was going to be able to afford it. And this is a group that was founded by Steven Anderson and Andrew Ashton. And here's Andrew talking about what they do. We really want to make sure... Every woman of any age, of any ethnicity, um, feels beautiful. That's really what our foundation is all about. My fairy godfathers. I think it's awesome. Same. They're helping out somebody who wasn't like begging for the help, who just decided I'm not going to do it because I don't want to act. They found her and helped her. I mean, that's what this whole segment is. Good yeah. job, well, guys. And it's not just this year alone. They've already helped more than 2,000 Tampa wow. area women. For, from cancer to abuse to, you know, like something like this. It's really cool. They are very godfathers. I know. <laughs> all right. That's what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. It's a Bobby Bones show interview. In case you didn't know. All right. This is my guy here, Justin Moore. He's got 11 number ones. Let's roll through the last five. His last one was with a woman you love. Because we're the woman you love. You Before that, we didn't have much. There was death. Before that, why we drink. Before that, the ones that didn't make it back home. Here's to the ones that didn't make it back. Before that, somebody else will. Somebody else will. He's got six others too, like Small Town USA. Regardless, Justin Moore, we're close so much. If I'm like, hey, I need some tickets to this game, he's got season tickets, Razorback. He's a big Razorback fan like me. Uh, we play in the same conference in high school, playing sports. He's got a new album, Stray Dog, that is out now. He signed his record deal at his wedding reception. Here he is. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Justin Moore. I saw, I was tagged in a picture. And my sister had tagged me on Facebook or something. And she goes, I just ran into Justin Moore. <laughs> yeah. About a month. Were you in a restaurant? Yeah. Um, Got it. Do you, I was going to ask if you even remembered that. Rods, which is in Hot Springs, as you know. Um, but uh, yeah, we love that place, man. Was and she so, okay though? Was she like she wasn't like? Oh my no, god! Because no, you let great. me know if I need to tell my sister. <laughs> they did mess my pizza up, but but okay. it wasn't her fault. You know what? <laughs> I'm gonna have like, a little something I'm, to say about that. She was like, and almost apologetically, she was going, "I'm Bobby's." Oh, apologizing for being sister. my sister more than the pizza. Uh, I go, oh, okay. So anyway, it was, yeah. Is it hard for people to recognize you without the cowboy hat? Because like, without the cowboy hat, you're just a, you're just like a dude. Yeah, I'm just an ugly, not ugly. Dude. I would say uh, like myself, just a tiny generic. Dude. Ge- we're, I think we're both generic <laughs> white guys. Yeah, I mean it happens sometimes, but not all the time. I think it it would happen more with the hat, you know that. You get recognized. Yeah. Do you ever yeah. wear the hat though? Where do, where would you wear your cowboy hat that doesn't involve performing or literally working at like in your you know field or yard? I was gonna say working yeah. at the house, but uh, outside of that, not at all. Like if you're really you having know? a bad day and you're like, man, nobody likes me, you could just go to Walmart in your cowboy hat, <laughs> and people would come up to you and make you feel good. I guess I could. Yeah, but no, I I I'd like to be incognito. As much as possible, which I'm sure you're the same. I don't well, know. my glasses, I can't really not wear Give my glasses. Away. Well, see, I just started wearing glasses, like prescription glasses. So that helps me in the grocery store not get recognized because, you know, I, I, I don't have that look. So, well, it is kind of put my glasses they're dark rim, on. though, aren't they? Like, kind of like this? 
A little bit. Yeah. The people um, are like, are you Bobby Bones? Just say yes, and then be super cool, and we both yeah. win. Right yeah, there. there you go. Hey, there new record go. just came out this weekend. So why is it called Stray Dog? This industry has been really great to me, radio in particular. Uh, you guys have been awesome to me. The fans have been great to me. But there have been moments in my career where I've been labeled an outcast, an outlier, outlaw, whatever. You know, award shows never pay any attention to me at all. Uh, even though I've sold more records and had more hit, re- and, and I don't mean that boastfully, it's just a fact uh, than a lot of people that are on the shows and, and win awards. And so it kind of became an autobiographical song, and I thought it was a, a really cool album title. So you wrote Stray Dogs. I did. And was that the reason? Was that when you're in the room and you're like, man, I'm not asking for it, but it is weird based on if you're just looking at analytics that I haven't been recognized in these capacities. I mean, how does that come up for that song to be written? I mean, it wasn't specifically about about that, but that there were some uh, threads through the song that, you know, came about when we were writing it. But I don't know. I, I think when you're writing a song, you just, you're writing the song and trying to make it as good as it can possibly be and as real as it can possibly be. And that just happened to be the topic <laughs> that particular day. I'm going to play a little bit of this. Here is Stray Dogs from Justin Moore. You can pad like the door, tie me up on the porch. You have dogs? Too many, yes. We have uh, two Great Danes that are... Ooh, how, how expensive uh, are they to feed? What's, what costs more to feed? 160 and 180 pounds. The kids uh, or the dogs cost more to feed? <laughs> the dogs, probably, yeah. <laughs> Dude, it's ridiculous. Um, and then we have a little, I don't even know what she is, a little shepherd kind of thing. I, I don't Do you have know. one you're closest to? This sounds terrible. I'm not really a, a, a pet guy. You're not a dog my guy? Wife, my wife is, and my kids are. So I'm just like, hey, buddy. Uh, you know, like I'm, I'm one of those guys, you know. Uh, Do you have any other animals? We have uh, the three dogs and we have two cats. One outside cat, one inside cat. Do you think one's jealous of the other? Like they look at you through the window? Oh, yeah. The, the, the outside, outside, the outside like, cat is definitely jealous of the inside cat. Because yeah. the inside cat sleeps in the bed with us. The outside cat just keeps bringing snakes and mice and stuff to the back door going, look, look, look what, what do I have I did. to do to get in? Yeah, yeah, what do I have to do, man? <laughs> it's like, like, here's my money to get in the club. Let me in. Uh, Justin so, Moore is here. We're going to actually play your single, and we're going to come back in a second. This is uh, Justin and Priscilla Block. How would you guys get together on this song? I was just blown away by her. I thought she was fantastic. And not only was she great with the crowd, but I thought her, you know, songwriting was great. I thought she sang great. And and I went up to her and said, look, if I can ever do anything to help you, I would I would love to. I don't know what that would be. but uh, And then I, I got this song, uh, and I asked for her help, <laughs> you know, by having her on it and, I think she's got a great uh, future ahead of her and a really bright future. She's super talented, great person, and it's been a lot of fun to be on the road with her and, you know, obviously you guys work, do this work together. the song together. Yeah. 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 We're going to play it now. Here's uh, Justin Moore and Priscilla Block. This is You, Me, and Whiskey. More with Justin in just a second. Go. On the Bobby Bones Show now. Justin Moore. With you being a guy that has done music your whole life and have been really successful over the past... Because I saw your first number one was like 14 years ago or something. Dude, yeah. This is that is, accurate? Uh, this is 16 years. So 16 course, years that you've been yeah. doing it. So with I that signed be- my record deal in 07. You have so. been a guy that 
plays late Crazy. shows, you, you're on a bus, you sleep in, and now you're doing a morning show back in Arkansas. How have you adjusted? Because I'm an idiot. Well, my, I feel a complete like, idiot. On the weekend, I, if I'm touring, I, I never catch up. Yeah. And then I struggle all week. But how's it going for you? Not well. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean, it's been a lot of fun, man. I mean, you know, like I've had the opportunity to talk to Scotty Thurman and Sidney Moncrief and like, you know, all these guys that I've looked up to. And so it's been a lot of fun, but it's tough, man. Uh, you know, do you ever the, wake the, up and go the, the schedule? Ah, oh, the morning. I just love it. <laughs> no, I, I never. never have. Not <laughs> no. once. What time do you wake up? No. So I'm on Tuesday through Thursday, seven to 10. Okay. So, that's a little softer. So I but get up at like six fifty two. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, when I got to be on at seven. Okay. But, uh, do you do it from your house? I do. I do it. Uh, oh, tie line. Look at me talking radio, man. Radio. Tie line. That's a pretty good gig. Yeah. Three hours and from yeah, your house. Yeah, not bad. Dang, I'm yeah. waking up at three thirty over here. Yeah. Driving into work. What kind of crap deal do I have? Yeah. He just gets to wake up. And you do it make from his a lot bedroom. more money than I do. Though. Maybe only radio though. Like you're doing pretty good <laughs> in your other thing. I get a lot of people that text me pictures of your bus, going, "Who drives this bus?" Because it's got a big Razorback on the yeah. back of it. Yeah. I don't even have to look at it anymore. As soon as I see who drives this bus, <laughs> I know that it's you. Is that the same bus, or have you changed out the buses and put a new hog on it? I've had, I think that's my second or third bus with a hog, and we're building a new one right now that we'll be on next year that we'll have a, I think we're going to do the, uh, you remember the metallic hog from the Liberty Bowl? I think it was. Hey, they all do, right, everybody? The I do, yeah, I do, yeah, but they yeah, all I know, do. I know, yeah, you, I, do. I know you do. <laughs> I think we're going to do that one. On a white bus. That's cool. We'll see. New yeah. buses are expensive. Do you buy your bus or do you lease No, it? Oh, uh, no. lease. Yeah. I don't know anything about that. Small Town USA went number one back in 2009, 14 years ago. Feel like forever ago or feel like yesterday? Forever. But in a good way. I mean, you know, the fact that we're still doing this at, in this capacity uh, so many years later, man, I, I, I just feel super blessed and I'm super thankful to the fans listening. And, again, you guys at radio have been so good to us over the years, and that's why we're still here, honestly. When you moved to Nashville, because you then left Nashville, when did you move here? How long were you here? I lived here – I moved here in 02, 21 years ago, I guess. I lived here for between 9 and and 10 years. And when you moved back to Arkansas, was it because – you were like, I feel successful enough that I can jump and then just come back if I need to, or was it, I don't, I don't think this place is for me. I need to go back. A little bit of both. Nashville was really good to me. I've got great friends here. It wasn't home. I mean, and it was never my intention to move here full time. And this Nashville is totally different than the one I lived in. I mean, it's it's changed so much uh, and grown so much but uh yeah it was always my intention to go back home and in particular for for my kids and so we moved back home when my oldest daughter who's now 13 was born and I never wanted uh, my decision to do this for a career to affect my kids in a negative way and you can certainly live here and and achieve that but for me I wanted to be back home around my parents and grandparents and aunts and uncles and and all that and so it's been really good for us it wasn't super popular with my record label when I did it uh, was that a conversation you had to but, sit down and have with them 
or did you just move and bake? I probably uh, just change my have. mail. I just start sending it to this probably. address. Yeah. Uh, but I, I talked to my manager actually. I go, I, I want to move home, and he knew. It. And he goes, "You're a grown man. Move home. Like you don't have to ask anybody's permission." And so I just did it. And three years later, I, I'm talking to my record label president, and he goes, "How long you been living in Arkansas?" <laughs> I go, oh, about three years. And so it was good because it proved to him I could do my job and, and live anywhere. You know, as an artist, like when you come to Nashville, usually you're off. I mean, outside of these kind of things. I mean, typically it's because you're off work. You know, you get off the road, you're off for two or three, four days, and then you get back on a bus. But So I kept coming home going, I wish I was at, at, at home home, like eating dinner at nanny's house you know with everybody else and so new records called stray dog i want to play a clip of the first track which is you and riley green this is everybody get along when it comes down to we got each other's backs in a world do you feel weird because this song you guys sound yeah. great together do you feel weird asking people to do stuff no just generally do you feel weird <laughs> do you feel weird because i struggle with asking anybody to do anything yeah with I or do. for me I, I hate asking anybody for any help or, you know. Why Riley? Do you feel like that was a guy you could ask pretty easily? He and I have gotten to know each other over the last six, seven years, five, six years, whatever. And I'm, I'm a big fan of his, obviously. And I, I really thought, in the song in particular, it's two guys that are just alike, which is the irony in, in the song, even though they disagree on everything, but they're identical. And so, you know, he and I, I think, are a little bit like that. So, one more here. This is with a woman you love, Justin Moore. With woman you love, you talk Which, by the way, was another number one for you. You got 11. You got 11 of those things. Dude, it's crazy. You got 11 number ones. And again, yeah. I'll just kind of end this the way that I brought it up. 11 number ones. And it's like, where, how's Justin not playing on these shows? And now it's like, you know, screw it. But yeah, how is it? Hey, you know, it used to bother me, but now I don't miss any ball games on Tuesday night when I'm supposed to be coaching my 11-year-old. So I'd rather be doing that. Eddie asked me to sponsor his team. You're 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 rich. Do you want to sponsor Eddie's team? Come on, <laughs> Justin. You take that Cowboys hat off. Oh, yeah. we'll, we'll no, no deal. Uh, Justin Moore, uh, new record just came out this weekend. So congratulations. Thanks. Good to see you again, buddy. Keep you killing too, it. Man. Thanks for representing home so well. And uh, there he is. Go check it out. Stream it. And I'll say this. Justin's out on the road. You guys go because it's so many dates. I'm not going to read every single city, but it's, you know, mostly the cities that we're in. You have all these dates all the way up until September 23rd. A lot of shows, man. A lot of shows. Let's stop it at September 23rd. You do? Fall. Yeah, let's stop that but right there. Then, then you can go to the games. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what I, I try to now strategically well, yeah, schedule I, I do, in games. I do the same thing. I have to look down the schedule and okay, I'm going to go to this one, this one, this one. And so I will see you at uh, IHRA Country Fest, though, coming up in Austin. Yes, uh, like in a week or two. Yes, right? it'll actually yeah. be this Saturday. Yeah, okay. that's how you can tell we recorded this, is that yeah. we're trying to figure out where our days are. Yeah, <laughs> yes. no, it'll be but, fun, man. I, I haven't been there in, I don't know, five, six, seven years, so it'll be fun to be back. Justin, good to see you, buddy. You too. Man. All right, there he is. Justin Moore, everybody. Woo. Hogs. <laughs> Here's a voicemail from Amy in New Hampshire. Yeah, okay, New Hampshire. Okay. All right, here's another one of these. <laughs> All right. We know we don't believe this is a real place. Amy in New Hampshire. Morning, studio. Yes, we do exist. 
I am just calling to say hello and to prove that we are real from all the way up here in Invisible, New Hampshire. Thanks for keeping me going in the morning. The reason I don't believe New Hampshire is real is because they're never in the news for anything bad. Is that a utopian state where everybody thrives, smiles, helps? That's pretty legit. Sounds like it. Or is it not real? <laughs> because, you know, I'm, I'm going to go on the road and do some shows this, this summer. And I was going to book and schedule a theater in New Hampshire, but all of a sudden nothing came up. Really? Oh, weird. That's huh. interesting. Mm-hmm. And also, I didn't think anybody would come, but that's secondary. But I couldn't find... That's all I'm going to say. Interesting. Here's Amy's pile of stories. U.S. Surgeon General is saying that loneliness is a public health crisis. Didn't he say it was like cigarette, smoking cigarettes? Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. And when I think back to COVID and my dad, because he lived in an assisted living home, and my dad passed away in 2021, I think his body started shutting down because of loneliness. He didn't die because of COVID. Man. I, he is such a, he, or he was such a people person. And I truly believe that it's just like, okay, he just started to deteriorate. His health went way downhill once he didn't have interaction. Mental health is a bridge a lot of times to physical health. Yes. We just, it's never been made a priority because we didn't know enough about it. And the people who did know about it were like rich people and who went to a therapist back 25 years ago. Even long, and, and, and therapy had some sort of negative connotation to it. Luckily, the culture is changing a bit where I'm so lucky that I found therapy. I was like, wait, insurance covers this? Well, I'm going to go to give me bits to talk about on the air. And then I actually got there and I was like, oh, this actually helps. So, yeah, we're in a good place. I'm glad he said that. Did he? What was the, the comparison? What did he say? Well, his name's Dr. Murthy, and he said that loneliness can raise the risk of premature death by 26% and social isolation by 29%. Wow. You have an increased risk of stroke, heart disease, dementia, anxiety, depression, and self-harm. And it's just crazy to think that, well, we were forced into a situation of loneliness, but still even coming out of that, so many people still feel very isolated and lonely. And so, I don't know, if you haven't heard from a friend or taken someone out, or maybe you know you need to be around people, try to schedule that. Or just text them. Yeah. I do that about once a week. I'll go like, all right, let me flip my texts. Who have I not just said what up to? And I'll be like, yo, what's going on? Can I borrow 10 bucks? I have so much money that way. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm going to try that yeah, today. No. What else you got? Uh, 73% of moms think they're the best mom in the world. <laughs> Mother's Day is seventy three percent coming up. Yeah, I know. I thought that was high. I was like, wow. I thought I it would be I, way low because mm-hmm. most of my friends that are moms are like, oh yeah, I don't I mean, know what I'm doing. I'm failing They're like, every I'm day. trying hard right. as I can, like, but I don't how? know what I'm doing really. Yeah. yeah. So the top five skills that moms are most confident in having is problem solving, nurturing, multitasking, organization, time management, and communication skills. And probably they've all had to develop while being a mom mm-hmm. because a lot of those are forced like why would you have to even think about some of that until you have to think about some of that Eddie where do you like uh, rank on the list of dads I mean I'm definitely one of the best dads out there, there you go. so yeah I think a lot of it comes down to that these moms they really feel like their family would be lost without them and that I feel a lot of moms handle most of a lot of things. I saw your cup. Did you leave it? What? Number one dad? I saw it at, at Walmart. <laughs> I left it there. Yeah, you left it there. I'll go back Dude, and get Go that. back and get that cup. <laughs> World's greatest dad. Yeah. Go ahead. Did you know that Jelly Roll has a food truck in Nashville that sells jelly donuts? That sounds familiar. Is it now? Did he just start it or has he always had it? 
Yeah, he has it. He started with a friend, a fellow um, former inmate convicted felon. You'll get there. Yeah, yeah. And but has he had it for a while? Yes, he's had it for years. And then the old friend that he started it with, they were in and out of jail when they were younger. And it's just something that they can do together that makes a huge difference. It rolls around town. They sell jelly donuts. They've it got rolls. jelly-nade. It's got jelly donuts. Yeah. I feel like they make a big difference with the jelly-nade. I don't know what's in there. <laughs> what are you trying to say? I don't what know. Do you mean, it sounds mean, good. It says there, signature huh? lemonade. Uh-huh. Eddie wanted to start a food truck. Yeah, I mean, I still want to eventually. I, I, I just don't think... What are you waiting on? Uh... You sound like Scuba Steve writing his movie or his TV oh. show. Well, I don't wow. think I'm going to be the one that's going to be able to do all the work. So I got to find who can do all that. Well, you can that do sense? a lot of the work and you, you can also <laughs> find a partner to do it with you. You're saying you do, do the show and then go make tacos? I'm saying you are your priorities. If you wanted to have a truck, you could make it happen. There are people, way dumber, way lazier people that have made more things happen than having a food truck. Yeah, and I need to find investors too. I talked to, I talked to one country artist. He says he's in. Which he one? Says he's in. Yeah, I don't want. I, I don't want to reveal my investment. Is it jelly roll? <laughs> no, it's not uh-huh. jelly roll. <laughs> okay. Well, so again, they're making a difference, and I want to put emphasis on this because they hire uh, convicted felons who otherwise, if they go apply for a job, they immediately are turned away, and it's giving them a second chance and opportunity to have work. Awesome. Love right. it. I'm Amy. That's my pile. That was Amy's pile of stories. Oh. It's time for the good news with Bobby. Tell me something good. There's a dog named Chief. He's been missing since 2017. He was part pit bull. He's been missing for six years. That's the crazy part. I think after about two weeks, I would just assume the worst. I mean, I would assume the worst for like three days, honestly, if my dog was missing. His owner, Tara, lives near Atlanta. Chief disappeared from her property when he was about one and a half years old. Weeks turned into months and then years. No Chief. Well, a couple found the dog wandering the streets. They took him into the shelter in West Virginia. And so there's a little chip. Atlanta, wait, what? So then they call. And I think the number wasn't the same number because it was six years ago. But because they had her, they could search her on social media, they found her. Wow. And they got her her dog back. That's amazing. Chief, about, again, 500 miles away. He was healthy. He was still friendly. I wonder if a dog even remembers her. Mm. Yeah. You think? I, you think? I, I mean, you don't I'm, Have you I'm, talked to dogs? No. I mean, I think too, but I don't know. I'm hopeful. Like for the sake of the story. Yes. Because <laughs> sometimes yes. I go home after like a day and Stanley's like, I don't care. It's like, bro, I'm here. Like, mm. don't you know me? I know. And he's I like, I'm it. sleepy. I don't care. I feel like he was like, that's the smell. Chief? Yeah, Chief. Like he remembers her mm. smell. Blame it, Stanley. He's like, yeah. <laughs> he does not care. Great story. Love it when the dog comes home. That is what it's all about. That was Tell Me Something Good. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
Imagine you're a fly on the wall at a dinner between the mafia, the CIA, and the KGB. That's where my new podcast begins. This is Neil Strauss, host of To Live and Die in L.A., and I wanted to quickly tell you about an intense new series about a dangerous spy taught to seduce men for their secrets and sometimes their lives. From Tenderfoot TV, this is To Die For. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.